Tired of boring news? Fatuous facts? Ever heard of a snake worm? Butt science? Food crime? Estonian sports? Spanish art restoration? No facts. Just questions. Person in person. A news show. Subscribe. Please and thank you. All right, who wants to do what questions? Oh, right. We got to figure that out. <laughs> um, I'll do the second one. Rich reacting as if we have to, like, like navigate a labyrinth. <laughs> Uh, I'll go. I'll go with uh, one. Sure. All right. All I'll right. do two. No, you I can't do two. Timmy's going to do two. Oh, why is Timmy going to do two? Because just, I already said, said it like thirty-five the, seconds that ago. That was the first thing oh, that he what? said. Uh-oh. I called dibs before Richie said anything. Oh well, I wasn't paying attention. So <laughs> you can do Clearly. three, Matt. Oh, thanks, Sean. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I'm you keeping know, this know, on the rails. You know, you know Sean, <laughs> you, you take three. I'm, you know what? I, it's not even worth it for me if I can't have two. <laughs> welcome to Brose, the podcast for those who drink rose. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros and rose. On an audio feed reporting live from Belmar, New Jersey, it's Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hi, everyone. On an audio feed reporting live from Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And on an audio feed reporting live from Istanbul, not Constantinople, it's Tim Hansen. <sighs> Why can I never be at home? <laughs> Tim, we've been doing this podcast now for a very long time. And, and I never home. <laughs> you keep asking questions that you know the answer to, which is I don't know. Look, you're you're out recording our soon to be released hit show, A Drunken Idiot Abroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why you're always <laughs> out somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Smashing success. Really uh the, the ambassador that the United States needs in these trying times as our as our as our uh in, in, in stature the on the world as our stature on the world stage is diminished. We need somebody like President Tom Hansen out there uh being the, the olive branch to the rest of the world. <laughs> well then good. Send him somewhere, not me. Tom Hansen. <laughs> uh welcome to the award winning Brose Podcast. Available as always on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Tune In, and everywhere else where fine podcasts are bought and sold. Rich, don't, don't think I didn't notice you doing your little shimmy head thing as I was doing the Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn. Uh, <laughs> it's so sing-songy. I, you know, I try to make it as appealing as possible. Now, you don't have to make the Brose podcast any more um, appealing than it is. I don't think I really pulled off that transition well. I tried to segue it, but I forgot the word that I used, and so therefore it didn't work. The premise of the show is we answer questions about life, the universe, and everything. We do it while enjoying a delicious glass of rosé. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Before we get to those questions, let's discuss the wine we are drinking. Rich, let's start with you. What do you have tonight? I am drinking the Golden Girls of Rosés, the Palm. It's mm. it's a rosé that, that that Sean had a while back, and uh, I decided to grab it because it, it's such pa- pastel-y colors. It reminds me of the Golden Girls, and uh, it's pretty good. I like it. The mm. Palm. Yes. All right. By Whispering Angel. Yes. Yes. Whispering Whisper. Angel, the Palm. <laughs> 
Uh, I Sean, don't even remember what I drank last episode. How do you remember <laughs> that, Sean? Because yeah. I, I saw it today, yeah. and I was like, I remember right. drinking that. Uh, yeah. We 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 go to the same liquor store. <laughs> like clearly, Sean, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Boucheger, a rosé from Terrazin, I think. I don't know. There's a lot of words on this one, but. It also says it's a dry white wine, but this is definitely a rosé. It says rosé on the front, white wine on the back. Who knows? <laughs> it is incredibly dry. Um, but I think I'm going to like it on the second glass. You know how sometimes wines take a little while to like catch on? I think it's good. This is a second glass kind of wine, where is the first one's that, a little it, bit too dry. Is there anything tipping you off to that? Like in the past, is there some quality that you're picking up on on there wine is, where you're like, oh, yeah. The, there are just like some Chardonnays are like that, where it's like a little bit too bitter at the beginning, and then it, then I'm like into it. Okay, it's like cranberry juice. I'm like a little bit like turned off by it initially, but then okay. I'm into it. Okay. Well, hell yeah, uh, Mr. Hansen, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking Lazy Lucy, which I had to take a picture of the bottle because I forgot to put it in the fridge, so it's a little warm right now. But uh, I bought it because there's an adorable bulldog on the front of the label. And then on the side, it says, we came, we named this Lazy Lucy because our bulldog is super lazy. And we named it after her because she's just so sweet and perfect. And everybody loves her. And everybody's going to love this wine. I was like, okay, that sounds great. Bulldogs <laughs> are great. And th- that was the extent of it. And uh, it's, 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 very, it's very good. It's... Uh, not overly sweet, not overly... Uh, it's really not dry at all. So that's definitely in my wheelhouse. Uh, can't wait to try it after it's actually been chilled since I left it in my car. Oops. Oops, a doodle. Um, I'm finishing my bottle of Rose d'Anjou from our previous session because uh, I had en- enough left from the previous time where I can polish off another three glasses tonight. Uh, <laughs> it is it is very good. I remember being quite good from a couple weeks ago. The problem is, is that like with any uh, wine that I've had that I end up keeping in the fridge and then eating, uh, eating, drinking uh, again a few weeks later, um, it just tastes like cold. It just tastes like the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, it, it's, it's, I'm getting about 75% of its previous flavor, but this is a solid rosé. I got this as a gift, uh, would, would recommend it as, you know, again, like a, like a B level, uh, rosé highly recommend in that category, if that's what you're looking for. All right, Rich, you've got our first round of questions, correct? Yes, I believe I do. All right. And you want to email brosequestions at gmail.com if you want those questions answered on the air. But what is our first question? Our first question, since uh, this is the Easter episode, Boing. does <laughs> does your family have any Easter traditions? Crippling Catholic guilt. <laughs> <laughs> Every morning we go out in the yard and look for the Catholic guilt somewhere in the yard. <laughs> I found it. I found the guilt. I found the guilt. It's everywhere. Uh, <laughs> The uh, lesson is the guilt is within us. Yeah, the, 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 the guilt <laughs> rose from the dead, and he saw that it was good. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, it, the only tradition that we've got now is actually well. It, I mean, we meet as a family. We get together. I, I, my mom's side of the family is is like extraordinarily Catholic, so uh, we do get together on Easter. Uh, but as far as like regular traditions, it's mostly just um, griping because we have to get together for the family photo and it takes a long time. And even though in the age of our Lord, 2021, 
we can email pictures. Everybody needs one on their camera. So it's mostly the griping, I think, is probably the the, <laughs> the, the tradition is just like the, the the grumbling from the the second generation of the McKay side of the family about the photos. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Not really. Nope. I mean, my family doesn't. Uh, but less of a Martha's family specifically and more so just uh, the Byzantine Catholics make like a what seems to be a much bigger deal out of the entire weekend and like they have this Easter ba- uh, Easter basket blessing thing on typically Saturday night and it's not like oh this Easter basket has like some jelly beans and a chocolate bunny and all these other things but there's like this weird uh, I think it's called Hrutka, which is like some weird sweet egg thing. Uh, it's just like a giant scrambled egg ball, but it's somewhat sweet or something like that. I haven't tried it. I don't know. Uh, and then like kielbasa. It sounds foul. Bite and spicy <laughs> yeah, you're kielbasa. You're selling this. Yeah. <laughs> it looks foul. So like from a guy who hates eggs, I'm not going to make it look good. The world's most disappointing wonder ball. Like chocolate <laughs> covering an egg. And like these different kinds of baked goods and there's a special kind of like this sweet baked uh, bread called Pasca uh, that they make every year and it's in the baskets and everyone gets splashed with a bunch of water. Like, have you ever seen those funny videos of uh, a Greek priest pretty much sticking a branch into a jug of water and just like dousing the crowd? Yes. Yeah. So it's very much like that without the branch. Uh, but with but a fire also, hose yeah <laughs> but it, because it's 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 symbolic of them when they were in eastern europe and lent lent over there was very much like it's too cold we have no money we have no food so it was less of a we're fasting for the sake of fasting i mean it was that but also like we need to just not eat any food <laughs> So we save the richer stuff for the end when it starts getting warm out and celebrate and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's a really cool thing. And there's a bunch of foods we only really see this time of year. So delicious. Yeah. Food. Food. Mm -hmm. Food is central to like any tradition. I think like, like I'm looking back on like all like the family, any family tradition that we have for any holiday. And it usually centers around like, Oh, well that's the one thing is, um, like my, my aunt Maureen, my, my, my cousin, but we call her my aunt, um, is makes like chocolate eggs and then at christmas so that's one of our family traditions another family tradition at christmas is amorine brings special stuff which is like a like a strawberry dessert kind of thing uh and then the thanksgiving uh tradition is a fried turkey uh so it's just it's just a different food depending on the holiday (laughs) sean what uh family tradition food or otherwise uh do you have at easter um well we do an easter egg hunt where uh we do one for the kids and then with like candies and sometimes there'll be a dollar or whatever in the eggs. And then for the adults, we hide mini liquor bottles <laughs> so that the adults can get in on the Easter egg hunt too. Mm. Um, other than that, I mean, we go to church, I guess, because it's like a bit a big one for the Catholics. They do, they do like it there. They the Catholics like, like him that Easter. <laughs> like him that Easter. Yeah. One of the two holidays that like ev- that everyone goes to. Yeah, the CEOs. <laughs> Even if you're not serious. Yeah. The, the Christmas and Easter onlys, baby. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I think not too much. This year, I think it's still we're still you know in COVID times. So we, I mean, we might have an outside Easter egg hunt. That would be nice. 
But who knows? You know, we'll just see see how this how it plays out this year. This might just be a stay at home Easter egg hunt. Yeah, Easter was the first big holiday post COVID last year. Yeah. Because uh-huh. um, remember, uh, our, our previous president, who I don't remember the name of, uh, was like, we're going to reopen the country by Easter. Yeah. And then we didn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, I think the only thing I did on Easter yeah. last year was work. <laughs> like, I had, I had to log on <laughs> yeah. for work. Yeah. I, I was a big holdout in my family of, no, we shouldn't do this. And, I was the only one who didn't participate in Easter last year. So mm-hmm. that's a bummer. Um, when you do participate in Easter, though, what kind of uh, traditions do you partake in? A lot more than my first try. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived alone for so long that Easter to me has just become another day, another Sunday. Like we get together and have dinner with the family. And that's really all it is like. They do have like the Easter egg hunt for my nieces at my brother's house, but I'm generally not there either. I don't wake up early enough because I do it first thing in the morning or I'm just like not there in general just because what am I going to do? Go watch them get eggs and then go home and then go back and get it's just like I'm I'm kind of a curmudgeon when it comes to Easter (laughs) a little bit uh, because I don't really. Not that I, I'm against celebrating, but I don't really celebrate it because I'm by myself. Like hey, they realize there's an Ebenezer Scrooge for Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Uh, Easter I, humbug. I, I, if you I'm all for celebrating Easter, but like when when we were younger, like all the all of us kids would get uh to- gifts and toys and things like that. And I mean, I'm 32 now, and I haven't gotten an Easter gift in seven years. <laughs> plus no probably more like 15 years like easter to me isn't really anything special anymore it's just go and get get dinner but we we did used to do the 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 adult um uh uh egg hunt as well uh i i would actually go to um cousin of the show uh vince guida's parents house and uh we would do an adult easter egg hunt hmm Nice. The forgotten cousin. Yeah. Yeah. I do like yeah. the idea of the adult Easter egg hunt. This is actually, I mean, the concept makes sense, but this is the first time I've heard it. Like now two of you guys, you know, but you, Rich yeah. and you, Sean, both do the, uh, the, like the, the, the airplane bottles of liquor and everything. Yeah. That's, that's clever. It would, it would, mm-hmm. uh, it would usually be like for the, 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 the second generation, I guess, like my, my generation, me and my brother and all of us uh, and my cousins. And I, I was thinking like leading into the last year before we like stopped having that, uh, tradition of going there i was like what if like we set up things of like metamucil and um mm. <laughs> uh, uh uh life alert buttons and oh, set dude. them up for the old people to do the old people easter egg hunt jesus <laughs> no, nothing it would disappoint you immediately <laughs> uh <laughs> rich what do we got next was our next question uh next thing we've got is uh how does the easter bunny get into your home Good old fashioned B and E, baby. <laughs> hope you hope you wake up. Hope to God he yeah. you left one window unlocked yeah, yeah. so you don't have glass all over your floor. Yeah, that was today. It'd just be like going in through the front door because the wind was so freaking strong that it was just like whipping like all the windows in my house open. Like it just like <laughs> I had to like double secure everything to make sure like one wouldn't fly off the hinges. 
Um, so I assume wait for like a, a windy day and then just sneak into your house that way. Yeah. What about um, you, Tim? Breaking no, an old-fashioned B and E. He's literally breaking an enter. All right, all right, all right. He's a master lock uh, lock picker. Mm-hmm. He learned from the great Sherlock Holmes because he's been around that long, and a master locksmith because he can like make it repaired and fix everything before he leaves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. Like he 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 is a master lock picker because he picks the deadbolt, goes in, sets everything up, leaves, and picks the deadbolt closed. Mm. That's it's impressive. Uh. Turns out the Easter Bunny is a lockpick lawyer from uh, YouTube, and we just never knew. <laughs> All right, Rich, uh, how does the Easter Bunny get into I, your house? I probably the same way it gets into Tim's, because this is not ever something I've thought about in my life. It's just <laughs> magic. Yeah, like he was just there somehow up to the toilet. Yeah, Oof. we also we used Gross. to always celebrate Easter <laughs> up at the Poconos, um, and I think oh, that that's house a cool had, tradition. Um, it, it was only like a hand, like five years in a row or something like that. It wasn't like that big of a, I don't know. Uh, it wasn't that special of a, of a weekend away because it was in the spring when there was no skiing or anything going on. So we would go mm. to flea markets and that's it. Mm. Um, but, uh, he, he, we, I think we had a, a chimney that he, like, I would just assume he just, same as Santa came down the chimney. Yeah. Ho, ho, bunny. Uh, <laughs> Sean, how does the how does the Easter Bunny get into your house? Oh, it was a, not that funny, but I couldn't help it. I know it's really, <laughs> it really like a C minus joke. If if if, if that, uh, the Easter Bunny magics his way into your home via it's it's very similar to Santa Claus, except it it, it comes up through the through the basement. If you don't have a basement. It magics the basement like in the Santa Claus. Uh, so that's that's how the Easter Bunny gets into my home specifically. <laughs> through the through the basement. Through the basement. <laughs> Just straight up tunnels its way in through the basement. Yeah, well, yeah, tunnels. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> about as close to being, I, I guess, <laughs> biologically accurate. Uh, I like that. I like that. So we got <laughs> so for half of us, the bunny is just a criminal. And hmm. breaks into people's homes and leaves eggs all around the house. <laughs> the the worst kind of criminal because if you don't find the egg, it goes bad. Um, yeah, it's true. It's all, it's a it's it's like the it's a Gross. it's a it's guerrilla warfare. <laughs> like Gross. Just, yeah. Um. All right. Uh, what do we got next, Rich? Uh, next. Um. Do you eat the dyed Easter eggs? If so, how do you prepare them? So first, I take off the peel, the the painted pretty shell, and then I throw it in the trash. <laughs> That's a lot of work to throw it in the trash. Listen, it is, but I'm dedicated to my art. Yeah. You don't at least season it a little bit so the trash has something good to eat. No, it's a waste of pepper. Okay, true. <laughs> yeah, he's getting rid of garbage, not <laughs> val- valuable. 15 cents ground pepper um i don't think i've ever eaten an egg that came like one of the diet eggs like the the hard-boiled part in the middle like i just no it hasn't come across i usually just throw it out afterwards it's very wasteful i know but it's <laughs> I, I i didn't eat i didn't really eat hard-boiled eggs back when we were doing like the diet eggs and mm-hmm. doing that way so it just never even occurred to me 
maybe but, maybe someone else in the house like matched them away like my mom ate them or something but <laughs> i sort of just assumed that they all vanished the day after easter anyway hmm. let me tell you when i was a kid my preferred snack were hard-boiled eggs <laughs> yeah, I love hard-boiled eggs now. I, I, I've been missing out for decades. You you had the jump on me. I, I loved hard-boiled eggs. So, like, my mom, because there were three kids, my mom would make, like, two, three dozen eggs. And Ooh. we'd all find them. And then over the course of, like, two or three days, mm. I would be eating hard-boiled eggs for snacks and whatnot. And then eventually my mom would make um, uh, egg salad. And we would just mm. have egg salad for, mm. for, for lunch. That's a good idea because I feel like I like the idea of eating the eggs afterwards and I do sometimes but only have like one or two for like a snack and then usually you know you you die more than one or two so all the rest go to waste but I think egg salad is a good mm-hmm. alternative because oh, you yeah. can kind of like make it and store it and egg salad's so good mm-hmm. egg salad's Delicious. amazing Does, Tim um, you should try egg salad yeah no I'm alright yeah <laughs> <laughs> do the dyed eggs taste any different no, sometimes no. it'll bleed through though. Mm-hmm. Oh, like and the color. It's kind of cool looking. Yeah. yeah, depending on what kind of dyes you use. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't taste any different. It's not like vinegary or anything. Hmm. Yeah, because it's only it's only the shell that's dyed. It's not the actual egg. Well, I know, but yeah. I've never, I've having never eaten one before. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's it's infused with magic. <laughs> uh, you know, Thought what? of another maybe tradition. So another tradition I've learned from uh, the Byzantine Catholics is like. Normally, dying eggs, it's just like, hey, we paint them pretty colors. Theirs is so much more in-depth, like, getting close, like, aiming towards Fabergé eggs and stuff like that. But they use, like, beeswax to, like, cover where they don't want a color to take. And then they dye that. Hmm. And then they put on another layer so that that color stays in those spots. And then they just layer, layer, layer and then melt all the wax off at the end, and you get some awesome-looking designs. Hmm. That's but interesting. That's very cool. Before they do that, they blow out the egg. So they empty the egg. Otherwise, they forget to eat them, and then they just are bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. But beautiful stuff. You also feel like aesthetically, like I'd, I'd be disappointed, like break, if, especially if I spent a lot of time dyeing the egg in a cool pattern, like having to then crack the eggshell and eating it that way, like would would mess me up be like oh god what a waste it looks so good <laughs> if you ever want to see it it's called pisanki uh so just look that up okay. cool eggs mm, okay very awesome pisanki all right <laughs> just made it very <laughs> like country or redneckish pisanki uh, like eastern uh, european you're like ah pisanki yeah pisanki. it, it just pisanki. That, that just makes me it think like of a deli- the, it sounds the like greatest. a delicious italian cookie <laughs> it makes me think of the greatest Christmas song out there, Dominic the Donkey, Pizanki the Donkey. You mean the worst, no. the worst <laughs> Christmas song. I've never no. heard it, so I don't know. No, no, no. The, the top five best Christmas songs, as we established on the show, are a tie between the, the various different versions of Dominic the Donkey. <laughs> yeah, you keep saying that word best, but I don't think it means what you think it means. It's so good. It's a goddamn jam, and I will not... <laughs> Listen, on... On the on the one of the two most important religious holidays in the Catholic calendar, I will not allow you to slander the other one by dragging Dominic the donkey's name through the mud. <laughs> I don't have to. He's a donkey. He's already in the mud. <laughs> yeah, he's climbing that the the, the muddy hills of Italy because the reindeer can't do it because <laughs> they fly over. Them. <laughs> they fly. 
Tim, save, uh, sorry, Rich, save Tim from his bad opinion and get to the next question. Um, are kids Easter baskets getting out of control gift wise? I'm deferring to Sean. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, not in our house. Hmm. I don't think so. <laughs> Sean's like, hell uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, because like when we were, when I was a kid, we would get like one small thing. Like I got like, what are those things? Like devil sticks. You remember those? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got those one year. Like they, you get like one small gift. What is a and devil stick? There were it was like two sticks with then a third stick with like, <laughs> and you'd like hit the sticks back, hit the stick back and forth, like almost like you're juggling the third stick by whacking it with the other two sticks. And yeah, like doing cool tricks and like wow, okay. I can spin it around the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. But. It was always like a small gift and then a bunch of candy. And I think we're staying with the small gift, then a bunch of candy aspect of it. Cause I, I know, but I do know there were kids when I was little, like the rich kids would get like a PlayStation or something for Easter. That's and I was like, wild. That, that yeah, is wild. Like we would, my parents would probably go as high as just a video game for us each. Like mm. me and my brother would get a video game. My sister would get, I don't know, some sort of, barbie or something uh i can't remember what she like she did like barbies back then um like something worth probably the same price as a video game for us but that that's probably at most it would be that and candy yeah so like i don't think that's out of control but yeah a playstation that's that's pretty crazy yeah yeah so i think i don't i don't know i think there are definitely people who i know got out of control gifts when they were younger but like how do you follow that up like you give them what are you going to give them for any other holiday if you give them something big easter's not easter is a big religious deal but not a big deal for kids i don't think like the easter bunny it's not a big finding out the holiday. easter bunny is yeah finding out the easter bunny isn't real doesn't devastate you as a kid right <laughs> you know <laughs> speak for yourself yeah, but it's crushing for tim as an adult who's just learning this now <laughs> mind blown um yeah i mean we get we get my goddaughter uh for years we got my goddaughter like a basket with like some candy and like some seeds to plant in the yard and everything i think when i was a kid uh to rich's point we got like a cd and some candy um usually but uh yeah i i I don't have frame of reference i didn't know i didn't know kids were out here on these streets getting playstations because jesus (laughs) rose from the dead uh so maybe i was under i didn't know that uh so i i don't know do you Anyone else have any reference, Tim? Do you know of any other children in or around your yeah. life who are getting exorbitant gifts at Easter? Nah, I mean, the only children that I have any regular, if any, kind of information about is, like, Sean's pictures of Alice <laughs> uh, or Mary's pictures of Alice on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then random baby pictures I see on Facebook. And then my cousin, whose uh, son is now leukemia in remission so that's awesome uh but nice. aside from that i have no frame of reference at all right well if the listeners out there have uh children of their own or know of children uh let us know <laughs> they know of children they heard of children Do you are know aware of, of them children? yeah if you've if you've recently discovered children uh let us know what you think <laughs> about their give them back. Back. Give them- <laughs> yeah yeah we're <laughs> we're running They're low. not yours give them back yeah thief uh I say Ew. thief. I think what I meant was kidnapper. Uh, <laughs> but, child thief? Yeah, child, <laughs> yeah, child, child robber. Thief. This is a name for that. 
If you want, if you want to voice your opinion, or that you think that child uh, that that kids uh, Easter baskets are getting out of control, uh, hit us up at a uh, Brose underscore podcast on Twitter, or at Brose Podcast on Facebook, or at Brose underscore podcast on Instagram, uh, and let us know because this is dropping a couple of days before Easter, uh, so we got you got some time. Share share the the baskets with us. Absolutely, yeah. Because I'll take the candy. I yeah. would love some candy. <laughs> uh, what's next, Rich? Uh, so we all should have received Endendum two. You're uh, in addendum too. Oh, thanks, buddy. Boom, got him. Uh, and it's another "Would you rather, guys?" <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Here we who's... go, baby. Sean, you're not reading this time. Why don't you go through this "Would you rather" with us? Because I did it last time. Okay. Would you rather be followed wherever you go by eight ducklings who think you are their mother, or have butterflies constantly flying in a circle around your head? Ducklings, no question. Butterflies. Butterflies. What? Why? It's obviously ducklings. They're not in your way. Yeah. They're behind you the whole time. Yeah. But they think yeah. I'm their mom. I have to take care of them. And then when they get stepped on it? or they're run ducklings. over, they're, they're not like, mom, why would you let us die? Yeah. What are the ducklings going to guilt you or something? Like, they, they can't talk. Yeah. They're ducklings. But you I'm can see spot it in the their butterflies. eyes. You well, can see it in their eyes. afraid of responsibility. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, you know, the butterflies make me look like a Disney princess, and that's all I want. Okay. But, my new Myers Briggs tells me I'm afraid of commitment and responsibility, and it is absolutely true. <laughs> it's gr- huge news for your wife, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's next? Uh, would you rather walk around for an entire day with 20 large spiders on your body or read five large beetles? Is beetles. this for Easter? This is for spring. Okay. Spring. <laughs> spring oh. sprung. Do you want spiders on your body? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll eat the beetles. Thank you. Yeah. The protein is delicious. Yeah. I'd rather get that over with than have to deal with a full day of 20 large spiders on me. Yeah. Yeah. That would bother the fuck out of me. They'd be like all itchy. And then I'd be afraid I'm going to sit on one. Because, like, my body's not that big, so where are they going to be anyway? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Would you rather plan an Easter egg hunt for the little kids in your neighborhood or write an article about an Easter egg hunt, which would be published in the newspaper? No. That (laughs) defeats the purpose of the game. (laughs) Does it, though? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Boy. I guess write an article about – this is actually a toss-up for me because it would depend on like, all right, how long you want this article to be? Can, can, <laughs> can I really churn out a thousand words on an Easter egg hunt? For, like if it's just like a little blurb, I'll do it. Like it's easy, like, oh, kids, great. But if they want like a feature story profiling <laughs> the this, egg hunt. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and I'll on the other the side, on the other side, how good do you want this egg hunt to be? Because <laughs> – I'm just going to put a pile of eggs on the ground yeah. and be like, go. <laughs> Fight. You stick a sign that says not eggs next to it. Like, <laughs> see, I'm off the scent. That's, uh, that's my issue with this is if you're writing the article and the egg hunt isn't good, do you really want to write a scathing hmm. article about a kid's Easter egg hunt? Oh, no, oh I'd rather oh. plan the Easter egg hunt. I disagree. A and bad egg hunt it. makes this easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. I, I want it to be a news article about a shitty egg hunt. Yeah. Mare in hot <laughs> water after disastrous egg hunt is an easy win. <laughs> <for> <laughs> easiest byline. <laughs> uh, all right. What's next? Would you, ha- would you rather have to waddle like, waddle like a duck wherever you waddle? go? 
waddle, <laughs> waddle like a duck, or have to hop like a bunny wherever you go. I mean, I already waddle, like so I'm just going to keep waddling. <laughs> keep waddling. I will also keep waddling uh, out of my support for the uh, honky tonk badonkadonk. Same. <laughs> yeah, I definitely waddle. Cause I, ain't, <laughs> I, I don't have the... I, I'm not trying to jump everywhere. Yeah, my, le- my little legs don't like that idea at mm-hmm. all. Whereas my big butt is like, yeah, shake me. Yes, <laughs> shake me. <laughs> all right. Um, would you rather spend a day planting vegetables in a garden or spend a day hiking in the woods? Hiking, hiking in the woods. Me too. For sure. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> stopping to plant vegetables throughout your hike. <laughs> uh, this is Animal cause... Crossing. <laughs> Vegetables. I'm I'm actually planting a vegetable garden this year. Hopefully, I can actually Ooh, do it. Yeah, very just, nice. Ooh. Just tomatoes and peppers for now, because they seem to be hardier things, and hmm. I want to see how how that does before I go into anything else. Yeah, I have one piece of advice from trying to do vegetables last year: is uh, stay away from zucchini, because uh, zucchini is apparently also an invasive species and will choke out the rest of your plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something I did not know until it <laughs> choked out all my plants. <laughs> Uh, what's next, John? Be a squirrel for a day or be a frog for a day? <sighs> squirrel. I have a good authority that squirrels actually run the planet. <laughs> oh, yeah, squirrel. Definitely a squirrel. Yeah. Uh, I guess I guess frog, so I could be the frog prince and uh, somebody could kiss me and I pick <laughs> Prince. Find your lucky okay. lady. Yeah, exactly. My lucky lady will kiss me as a frog. Just what kisses? <laughs> uh, what's next? Have a garage sale to make extra money or a lemonade stand to make extra money? Garage sale. Billion times. <laughs> yeah. Just getting rid of old shit that you don't use. <laughs> I have, I'm I'm in love with garage sales. Get, mm. I just get stuff out of my house. That's, that's the best way to clean is just to get rid of shit. Right. So it's uh, I'll do a lemonade stand because back in the day there was this game called Lemonade Stand, and I was a beast at it. So I think I know I remember that game. how to make a good lemonade stand. There, mm. there was a game. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was like one of those clicking games. Mm. It was. It's like a like tycoon you click, game. click, 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 and then you can buy somebody to click for you, and then you click, click. Uh, that's got to be like. A, a boomer parent's nightmare is like a video game about a lemonade stand instead of your kid <laughs> making a lemonade stand. Like it's just like, like Sean Hannity's it, nightmare. Well, no, because it's, like, it's a boomer game about it's a game about capitalism, so they should love it. Oh, that's well fair. If fair. eventually your lemonade stand gets so big that you're like selling lemonade in a stadium, it's it's pretty awesome. Mm, I that's know, kind of ball. Did you know progress that far? Uh, what's capitalism. next? Would you rather have the ability to decide when it will rain during springtime or have the ability to make flowers grow wherever you point? Flowers. 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 It's great. Rain. Rain. Why rain? Just because then I could ne- I could have it never rain or only rain like I have a I, I might have seasonal affective disorder. So so maybe so like knowing when it would rain would be great for me. I just like, think, I think I this, this is you trying to get and be like Go ahead. You just get on a schedule, have it rain a couple days a month, and just be like, all right, these are going to be shitty days, but it's going to rain. I'm just picturing Sean like hung over on a Saturday, and Jake's got a baseball game, and he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> Rained out. Sorry, bud. Like, being Fifth able one to control the rain. I don't know how this happens. 
I'm never going to play. <laughs> being able to control the rain would be nice for me, too, because I have a golden golden retriever who has super long hair, and I don't like taking him out in the rain. So I'd like to just stop the rain, make it nice and sunny, and not wet out for, like, two hours throughout the day so I can walk my dog, and then mm-hmm. let it go rain again. Uh, what's next? Such a good boy. Good boy. Yes. Good boy. Would you rather have feathers all over your body or have bunny ears and a cottontail? Bunny ears and cottontail. Yeah. Yeah, that seems yeah. less less going on with that one. A lot of tart and yeah. feathered energy in the first one. <laughs> yes. Give me the second one. Yeah. Right. All right. Would you rather be forced to spend all of your Saturdays and Sundays outside during springtime or be forced to spend all of your Saturdays and Sundays inside during springtime? I mean, wow. for the past year, we've already lived through being forced to keep them inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, right. Uh, I well, wouldn't I mind good being. At it. I, I wouldn't mind being outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give me outside. Really good at being inside. Mm. I'm really good at being inside, but I feel like if it's just Saturday and Sunday, I'm getting enough. I, I can, if I want to spend time inside, I'll get it during the week. Give me, give me yeah. outside. Yeah. Get outside. Yeah. Next. Uh, would you rather live in a giant rabbit burrow or live in a giant bird nest? Burrow. Yeah. yeah. Underground is colder and I run too hot. Yeah, I, I think I'd rather be underground than above in, in, a, in a tree. See, this is tough because I both don't like heights and am claustrophobic. So this is this oh, is like a real claustrophobic. Yeah. <laughs> but I is think I'm less claustrophobic than afraid of heights. <laughs> I think I would go with the giant bird's nest. Like I, I get real freaked out in a rabbit burrow. I think like just like it's going to cave in at any time and then I'll be trapped and then I'll die. Like it's just a, a panic panic city in, in my future. I think. <laughs> and as long as you don't look over the edge of the bird nest, you're good to go. Uh, right, you're, exactly. You're, you're living in a nest made of bird vomit and twigs. Do you really mm-hmm. want to live in that thing? Like is the bird, the but the bird vomit and twigs isn't going to cave in on me. No, it's going to collapse and you're just going to fall out of a tree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, it's it's been a good run. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. What's next? Um, would you rather catch a frog and enter it into a frog j- jumping contest or make a kite and enter it into a kite flying contest? Frog. Kite. I don't want to touch a frog. They're slimy. So <laughs> give me a kite every day of the week. I feel like I got more just control like over the kite. Like, you can't, like... We can do train the frog, like, like, like start giving it like hurdles, like wake it up at six in the morning, give it like the the egg shake, like Rocky. Like, you can't really. I, I don't imagine. I'm sure there's somebody out there who can train a frog, but I imagine it's a lot easier to just learn how to make a good kite. Mm-hmm. Come on, Hoppy, you got this. You've been training real hard, Hoppy. <laughs> You're gonna eat lightning and jump nails. <laughs> I just, remember the steps of the art museum, Hoppy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just want that that frog jumping montage uh, training comp- yeah. compilation going. All, all, <laughs> jumping frog, jumping all little kid frog. frogs like following him, like you can do it. Like try to follow him as far as they can. Uh, what's next? Would you rather be the star player on a baseball team that loses all of its games, or be the worst player on a baseball team that wins all of its games? You know what? Well, I'll be the worst player because I'm still a winner. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, if you're the best player on a really bad team, you also could just be really bad. Mm-hmm. Like you just being, happen to be the best. Yeah, of them. yeah. So I would rather be the worst player on a team that wins all of its games because that probably means that you are good. Since baseball is a team sport. Mm. Same. 
Yeah, I, I don't have a baseball comparable, but I have been both the best player on a bad basketball team and the worst player on a good basketball team. I'll take the the worst player on a good basketball team because everybody's having fun. Like yeah. or, or baseball yeah. team, like everybody's having a good time. Like, give me that. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you could be like me, and I got the good sportsmanship uh, award um, yeah. on a second to last year at Little League. Cause... The Rich Sweeten Attaboy Award. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nah, dude. Uh, all right, what do we got now? We got we got to mow through. We've been we've been hovering on this question for a while. All right, all right. We're gonna <laughs> we'll go to we'll skip some. Would you rather be covered head to toe in ladybugs or have a swarm of bees constantly surrounding you but not stinging you? Oh, this is this is ladybugs for sure. Ladybugs, ladybugs. easy. Ladybugs. Yeah. Tell tell my brain that the bees aren't gonna sting me. Yeah. <laughs> it won't listen. Yeah. Would you rather have skin as green as a spring leaf or have skin as blue as a cloudless sky? Blue. Blue, I think. Yeah, I, I neither of these are appealing, so but blue I think would be yeah, prettier. Even a spring leaf, it gives off like a sickly vibe. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I I this one's tough, but I'll have to go with blue as well. Alright. Um <laughs> Would you rather be allergic to grass or be allergic to chocolate? Yeah, I just read that one. Uh, <laughs> boy, this is this is I'd very tough. I'd rather be allergic to chocolate. I think yeah. I would be too. Yeah, honestly, I could I could live without chocolate, but not going outside anymore. Yeah, or having to be like so careful. Yeah, I think it's yeah. easier to avoid chocolate than grass. This is yeah. the most Same. devastating of the questions on this list. <laughs> but yeah, I would I would also go chocolate. One. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry, Resounding agreement. Yeah. All right. Good. That was fun. That was fun. Yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Rich, what do we got next? Uh, let's find it. Uh, what is your favorite flower or plant? Hmm. Boy, I don't know if I've got a favorite. I think sunflowers are my favorite. They're so tall, like they're just like mm-hmm. tall, lanky boys that just look are looking for the sun, and they get you get those great seeds from them. Mm. I'm into and, it. And each sunflower, sunflower, like if you can get, if you can grow a good sunflower, they produce so many seeds. Yep. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go honeysuckle. Hmm. Mm. Why honeysuckle? Uh, it just reminds me of uh, being a kid. There was a uh, like a spot in our neighborhood where like there was just a ton of it that would grow and we would like have you ever had a honeysuckle like tasted one mm. no oh so that's a cool experience so like literally you would pull out the bottom and like I, I i don't think it's actually honey or maybe it's whatever the nectar of that plant is but it was like very lightly sweet and just tasty and delicious so and they smelled phenomenal so it just reminds me of a like bright moment in my childhood, and that smell is just always just relaxing. I I have a honeysuckle vine on my fence. I didn't know you could eat that. <laughs> See, well, don't eat it. You kind of like rip out the back and then like s- suck it off. Mm-hmm. That sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, please and, continue. Uh, and then that's it. <laughs> Sorry. Rich, uh what's your favorite uh honeysuckle? I mean flower. <laughs> I I don't know. Um 
I I like lilies, like the the yeah the the ones that like are just like the cup. Basically, they sprout up and they they're only sprouted for like maybe a month, not even. Hmm. But I used to have some in my yard um, years ago, and they would re- regrow each year. But I, I don't think it, this one's grown. This I don't think it's grown this year. Uh, but I like those; they look nice. What, like calla lilies or or uh, no, not lilies, tulips. You think of tulips? tulips. Yeah. I think of tulips. I was gonna say when you said cup, I'm like that doesn't sound like a lily. Yeah, tulips, not lilies. Tulips. Tulips are nice. I'm very classic. I'm I don't have a very discerning eye when it comes to flowers, but I just like a traditional rose. Like a like a you know nice you know pretty good nice pretty rose. I'm not very good at scripting uh, describing flowers, uh, but it a bouquet of roses is is like there's just something very classic and traditional about it that I really like. So I, I will I will say rose. Uh, uh, what about what about a kiss from a rose? Kiss Baby. from a rose on a yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get copyright strike. No, you can't monetize this podcast anymore. We sang an off-key version of Seal. Um, all right, Rich, what's next? Uh, next is uh, have you read any books lately? And if so, any recommendations? And that's uh, from listener Elizabeth Saltzer. All right, love to hear from Liz. Oh, that's uh, my sister-in-law, mm-hmm. Martha's brother's wife. Oh. I have been reading through um, the New Thinking Man's Guide to Pro Football by uh, do- by Doctor Z, Paul Zimmerman, uh, and it's 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 a good book because I I, I enjoy. Um, there are times like my my that uh, I just have like an hour to myself and just like want to read through a story, and it's broken up like that. It's like a series of essays, so I I really enjoy it. It's like one of the like seminal books of pro football writing. Uh, and I got it as a gift, uh, I want to say about a year ago. And I, I'm still like working my way through it. Um, but there's always, it's like you read any book about like an, a sport, like from, yeah, that, that includes quotes from guys who played in the league, like 30, 40, 50 years ago. And you always end up with like these, like those really good old, like old timey baseball, like funny quotes or football, funny quotes, like guys with like a, a weird sense of humor. Um, so I, I, I greatly enjoy that. So if, if you like football, uh, there, there are sports books that I think you should read, uh, even if you're not a sports fan, I don't know if this is one of them, but I, I would recommend the new thinking man's guide to pro football. Hmm. Anyone else? I mean, most of my reading is, uh, just reading posts in, am I the asshole, the subreddit on Reddit, (laughs) because that's where subreddits live. Uh, or just no mother-in-law is a great one too. Although that makes me just reminds me of my mom, and I'm like, oh, womp 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 womp. <laughs> That's the extent of my reading recently. Anyone else? Any other um, reading picks? I was go- so I'm going to reread uh, John Dies at the End, which is a great book. It's a like a comedy horror book. Huh. It's a weird it's- movie. It is a very weird movie, but the movie is very close to the book. Hmm. Like, very, very similar. Cool. <laughs> like, yeah. at, the, at the beginning, they're in a basement, and then a monster forms out of meat, and they try to run out of the basement, and then the handle of the door turns into a penis. Hmm. And it's, it's a very bizarre <laughs> book and movie, but it's so good. Hmm. I know that that's not, maybe didn't sell it great. <laughs> but, nah. but, I'm sold. But yeah. it's, it is incredibly 
it's it's very well written and it goes in a bunch of different ways that you wouldn't expect mm. so mm-hmm. read john dies at the end there are also two um sequels to it mm. that are also very good uh what about you rich it's actually been close to a year now since I last read a book, uh, and the last book I read was that uh, that Batman book that I that that, that I read. Super gritty Batman of, book. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I have been wanting to read the uh, Zombie Survival Guide in World War Z, mm. um, but I've, ne- I've never read them. Um, but I, I there's also a Walking Dead book series that was really good that I have like the first three or four. And uh, like I think they're up to like seven or eight now that I like I want to get. Um, but yeah, those are really all I can recommend. But I haven't really read, I haven't read in a year, and kind of mad at myself for that because I at the beginning of the of, of was a lot pandemic, to keep up with. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but like at the beginning of pandemic, even being laid off, I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna read like a book a month or something like that. I read one book in a month, and then I never picked up another one. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, there, there's a book, I just thought of it as, as you guys were talking, there's a book that I was reading over the summer that I had, that I put down because I would just bring it whenever we went to the beach, mm-hmm. uh, which was Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow, uh, which is a very good and also infuriating book uh, about the Harvey Weinstein story uh, from a couple years ago. And it's very interesting because it's a piece of reporting on, you know, by, by this reporter, Ronan Farrow, uh, who... Is it's, he's detailing all the stuff he's digging up about how Weinstein Weinstein would cover up these these encounters with women, um, but it's also like it sort of has this like spy novel feel because there's this like these shadowy people who are trying to keep him quiet, and so he's including these asides that he's that he researched later about these people who are like, yo, we got to shut this Pharaoh guy up. So it's it's like it's a piece of nonfiction, but it reads <laughs> like a spy thriller, and it's like holy shit. This is a real thing that happened. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, this is real life. It's real life. And it's infuriating uh, to see like how he like cozied up with like the guy who runs like the National Enquirer to like, you know, catch and kill stories uh, that would that would make him uh, that would incriminate him in his behavior. So uh, but that's a book that I started reading over the summer uh, when I, uh, you know, we go down to the beach and I just bring it for the day. And um and I, I don't think I picked it up since August, and it, it's that's frustrating because it's a very, very good book. And so, just based on like the first half of it, I would also highly recommend that. I I have a book similar, not in style to that, but a book that I usually pick up whenever I'm going away for a weekend or 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 whatever. Um, it's called All You Need Is Kill. It's the basis of that movie Edge of Tomorrow or Lift I Repeat with Tom uh, Tom Cruise. Um, oh yeah. I have read the first chapter twice. So the book is broken down into four chapters and each chapter is broken down into sections. And it's like, it's the chapters are pretty big. They're like 50, 60 pages each. Um, I've read the first chapter twice, the second chapter once. And I, I would get, I, that was uh, like the, when I read the first and second chapter, that was in one read through. And then I put it down with intentions to read it the next day while I was on vacation Never picked it up again, and it's been two years since I read that. So I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I guess I need to read the first chapter a third time now, the second chapter a second time, and get to the rest of the book. Wait, is there a book or is it just a manga? It's it's a book. It's not a manga. It's a novel. Oh, it is. It is definitely a manga. I just didn't know there was a book as well. well yeah. So the, there's a, the manga a book came out. Well. Yeah, the manga is phenomenal. So mm-hmm. I would love to go and read the actual story now. That the I know the, the cool thing. thing thing about the book is um if for if you don't remember that movie 
or 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 know the movie it's tom cruise gets the ability when he dies he restarts at a certain point kind of like a groundhog day thing but like <laughs> but with death but with death um and he's yeah never mind. And so one of the cool things the book does is it shows you a timeline of where each chapter and each section of the chapter is in the timeline. So like chapter one, one is like, is, is like here, but chapter one, three is up top. So like it starts like midway through the timeline, he dies and then it starts where like he normally starts his day. Mm. It's, it's pretty cool. Got a couple yeah. of good wrecks out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Rich. I think we have one more left, right? We do. do All right. Do, do you know what time it is? Do any of you know what time 9/11. it is? Nine eleven. Oh. Oh, boo. <laughs> it is. Uh, boo. It is. Woof. It is time for the Rojo. Rojo time. Good thing I set my DVR. We we open up a dentum one. And we have an image from the hit PBS show, The Antiques Roadshow, uh, where we have to figure out what this item is, how much it appraises for, and yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Super in-depth and difficult rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's usually three things we say off, and I only said two. But uh, it's, like what it is and what its, it's function is, I think, well, are the like, other one, which uh, they're the same thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, it's, what it's called, what it's function, and what it's worth is what mm-hmm. is usually what it is. Um, but this week we've got, it looks to be a fancy blue and gold Fabergé egg. Big old yep. blue egg. With a, so, it looks like an elephant on top. Yeah. Yeah. And is that maybe octopi in the front or maybe squids? Maybe? I don't know. No, I think that I think that's just like floral esque embellishing. Like a crest or uh mm. something along those lines. Oh, are you talking about in the circle? No, outside of the circle. Or are you talking about like but then in on the circle, other side of I... what looks like a calligraphy H. Yes. Or is that a J C those uh, yeah, it's so there's Jesus like the, the gold. <laughs> I got it. Jesus Christ. And then at the very bottom in the, the circle, egg rose. See, an I can see like a lion's a head in it. Yeah. But it is, yeah. It, it looks like it opens up fancy. too. Like there's, yeah. Yeah. there's a seam. So I'm thinking it might be a music box. Ooh. I was thinking a jewelry box. I was just going to use it as storage. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's like a ring, a ring box or ring storage or just storage for an individual piece. I don't think it stores a lot in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's a long lost Fabergé egg. Hmm. Long yeah, lost. <laughs> uh, recovered from history. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with the jewelry box. I think that's about right. Um, seems like it's about that size. Uh, how much do you think this Fabergé egg uh, container of sorts is worth? Twenty-five grand. Twenty-five thousand dollars? Oh man. That's so much money. <laughs> it is a lot of money. Go big or go home, guys. Thirty-five thousand dollars. I my initial guess was ten G's. Okay. I was gonna say uh, I'm gonna go hmm. I'll split the difference between Richie and Tim and go it's like Eighteen thousand, because if it's a music box, that's incredibly ornate. 
Mm-hmm. So, but twenty five thousand seems like so much money because mm-hmm. it is. So who knows? It, it's definitely a lot of money, <laughs> and I'm not actually expecting to win. But on the off chance that this was something stupid expensive, mm-hmm. yeah, Tim did definitely recenter like my pick because I, I wasn't sure where I was, and I heard twenty five. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck Tim, thirty five thousand. <laughs> I didn't think anyone would go higher than me. I just want. I just you know. I just wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> just because man i have no idea this is the typical rules of the antiques roadshow like we look at this thing and squint and peek at it like oh yeah it's probably worth it we have no fucking idea like no. if this thing came out to be a hundred thousand dollars i'd be a little surprised <laughs> but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the most stunning thing i've seen in in this week yeah. um, you know the blue color though it's and, very pretty and you know what guys we're all winners in this game no, no, there's definitely no, some clear not losers. How this works. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, shut up, <laughs> this, Rich. Uh, all right, God, you... <laughs> this is this is how I got the good sportsmanship award. There you go. We're all winners. Uh, who wants sucker. to be in the Brose Players this week? Not all at once, guys. I will. I'll be the guest. Uh, I'll be, I'll the, be the appraiser. Fuck, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, will you stop operating off of your Netscape Navigator browser and get something that's fast enough to hear that I you you be the the second person? Okay, it's Sean so, and Rich. I was looking in an auction catalog in Atlanta and I saw this egg, and so I thought I'd go and check it out. I couldn't go to the auction, so I called in a phone bid and it went over my bid really quickly. So I hung up the phone and I was really upset. And my husband said. Why don't you call back and see what it went for? And so I did, and they told me, and he said, why don't you see if you can buy it? I called the lady. She said, well, sometimes people get caught up in the moment, and they're kind of in remorse that they bought it. And so she and so she asked the guy, and he did. And so I got to buy it for what he bought it for. And may I ask how much you paid for it? Yes, uh, $15,000. What do you believe this item is? I'm hoping it's a Fabergé egg. I don't know if it is, but I have lots of books and I've looked at all the hallmarks. I know anything could be fake, so I don't know. Okay, well, it's a great item to see on the Rose Show. And I'm here to tell you that, unfortunately, it's not Fabergé. Okay. <laughs> it's something that we sort of jokingly refer to as Fabergé. Oh! Okay. <laughs> it is an item that while the craftsmanship is very, very good, it is an intentional fake. Okay. There are many reasons and ways we could find out, and the first of which is the decoration here. You see that it's sort of punched work, uh, workout. Each one should be individually chased. And then also on the wreaths, each one of these should be individually hand-chased, and these ones have come out of a mold. And they've been punched out. Also, we have all sorts of other very small discrepancies with it. One of the things is we call it a pastiche, right? I guess. Mm -hmm. Or it's sort of a hodgepodge of all these elements brought together. What looks too good to be true often is too good to be true. Okay. It's very well executed, but there are some issues with the enameling. It's a lovely egg. I noticed that that was a different color. I don't know if that made a difference. Well, exactly. It's a little small things like that. We have split pearls on the inside, and they are diamonds. But they're single-cut diamonds, not rose-cut diamonds. So it's all these small discrepancies we have through and through. So if we look, take... 
if we take a look at the bottom of this piece, we see there are these marks that, unfortunately, while they do appear to be Fabergé marks, they're intentional fakes. I think it was actually made in Russia. Oh, okay. They're incredibly made, and it's such a shame that they put fake marks on it, because they're fantastic. They're really well done. You told me you paid 15000 for it? Yep. I would say that a realistic auction estimate or value for this today would be between three and four thousand. <sighs> okay. If it were real Fabergé, it would be ridiculous. It would be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I caution you, as well as our viewers, when reading catalog descriptions, read them carefully, because the specific way it describes, if it says, bearing Fabergé marks, they make no guarantees. Well, that's what I thought. So when do you think it was made? I think it was made within the last 30 years. Really? Yeah, it's a great item, but I'm sorry to tell you, it's not right. <laughs> okay. So thank you very much for bringing it in. So I can put my husband's ashes in there one day. <laughs> you can, but it just won't be fabric. <laughs> okay, thanks again. Thank you. You're welcome. It's an emotional roller coaster in the second half of that one. Oh my <laughs> god! Your laugh really brought brought the like dying inside of the, <laughs> yeah. the guest to life. <laughs> the, 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 Sean's voice said, if, 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 "Playing the the person in this, like my husband's gonna kill me." Um, <laughs> and then later, th that adds an extra layer to the later part of it, where it's like, "Well, obviously, I'm gonna have to kill him first and put him in this egg <laughs> before he finds out that it's a complete." Then I just took a they just took a ten thousand dollar bath. Yeah, on this freaking fake egg. <laughs> Sean, your okays were so priceless, it was making me break, and I almost died laughing at them. Okay. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars if it was real Fabergé. If this were real, you would be like set for life, but it's not, but you're so you wasted zap. 10 grand. <laughs> also, why'd you spend 15 grand on this egg in the first place? Hmm. Um, Alright, so uh, so uh, Rich wins because Rich had ten, right? Rich wins. Yeah, Rich yeah, was the Rich closest. Wins. Yeah, I'm gonna take a hypothetical I, I take, win. <laughs> I take it back, guys. There is a winner. It's me. There's. There you go. I'm. I'm claiming no, we're all winners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. Um. All right. Now, nah, what those are all the questions? Uh, those are all the questions that we have on uh this week's show. Does anyone have a take or a closing thought? No, I, I think I'm okay. I do have a take. Oh, do it! It's relatively timely, um, so it is a it is a sports related take. I will I will try and make it as entertaining as possible for the people. Never who mind, don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my take is that sports are dumb. Tim was right all along. Um, Yay! So uh, so earlier this week, uh, as uh, I was as I learned on various internet platforms, and was reminded by uh, by podcast co-host Rich Sweeten uh, earlier this week, uh, Joe Flacco was signed as the backup quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Autobahn native, local boy Joe Flacco was signed to be the backup quarterback 
of the Philadelphia Eagles, and it got a lot of press because Joe, Joe Flacco's a local guy. He's from around here. He's Nobody loves people who are from here more than people from Philadelphia like people who are <laughs> from here. And I'm here to tell you that he could be as from here as possible, but it doesn't change a damn thing because he stinks. It was a bad signing. It was a garbage signing. And even for a backup quarterback to pay him $3.5 million to be the backup quarterback for this team was a waste of money, in my opinion. It has been almost a decade since Joe Flacco threw more than 20 touchdown passes in a season. We're, we're supposed to bring him in because he's got veteran pedigree. He's elite. He won a Super Bowl. He can teach the young guys. He is, it has been over a decade since he threw more than 20 touchdown passes in a season. To put that in perspective, 19 players did that last year in the NFL. For his career, he's a mediocre passer, 62% completion percentage. He's completed more than 65% of his passes once in his entire NFL career. And to put that in perspective, Almost every starting quarterback did that last year. Everyone. And and the Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl 20 years, 20 years ago. That was a different team. Uh, he won a Super Bowl almost 10 years ago. And he was like, oh, he's elite. He had that hot streak. He's so good. He, he, he's got championship pedigree. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl based on the most horseshoe up the ass streak of hot streak of four games I've seen this side of Eli Manning. Uh, th those Ravens teams won the Super Bowl uh, based on the strength of their defense and their special teams. They didn't win because Joe Flacco was completing like barely half of his passes. The only thing that he added was that occasionally when he'd throw the ball deep downfield, sometimes you'd get pass interference or it would accidentally end up in the hands of Torrey Smith by, by some streak of chance. Um, he threw no interceptions during that hot streak while also only completing 57% of his passes, which means that the only reason that he didn't throw more interceptions was because the ball would wind up in a different zip code before it would wind up in the hands of a defender. But that's Nick Foles, Matt. Nick Foles had a hot streak. Yeah, and he did it for the Eagles, not the Ravens. So of course I like Nick Foles more than I like <laughs> Joe Flacco. You want to pay Nick Foles $8 million to be our backup? Because that's what the Bears are doing right now. And that's dumb, just like it was dumb to pay Joe Flacco $3.5 million to be a backup. And at least Foles is sentient. Flacco is a husk right now. I'm going to read off a quick list here of guys that are making less money than Joe Flacco. And this only counts the $3.5 million dollars in base salary. It doesn't count the extra seven and a half million dollars in incentives he could make. Joe Flacco could make $11 million next year to be Joe Flacco. Here's a list of guys making less money than him. Marcus Mariota, CJ Beathard, Mitch Trubisky, Taylor Heineke, Matt Barkley, Chad Henney, Josh McCown, Mike Glennon, Devlin Hodges, Josh Rosen, Dwayne Haskins, Trevor Simeon, Brian Hoyer, Chad Henney, Colt McCoy. That doesn't even count Lamar Jackson on his rookie deal. Lamar Jackson makes less money than Joe Flacco next year. It's this <laughs> incredible amount of money. And three and a half million isn't a ton, but it's it's more than you needed to pay for a guy of his caliber. I'd rather pay Jacoby Brissett, a Brissett. $5 million who's 10 years younger and actually a, a decent quarterback with speed and arm strength and upside. Joe Flacco doesn't have any of those. He made $1.5 million last year with the Jets, which means that we gave him a 233% raise based on being on the Jets last year, being the backup quarterback on the worst team in football, completing half his passes in five games, and the only thing Joe Flacco can do now that's good is get sacked and get paid. He has made over $170 million in the, over the course of his contract. He might not be a legend on the football field, but he sure is a legend at the goddamn bank. And if you think that he is a mentor, 
If you think that Joe Flacco is going to mentor Jalen Hurts, the young up-and-coming quarterback, let, let me give you a quick uh, history of Joe Flacco as a mentor. In 2018, he didn't return any of Lamar Jackson's calls or texts after Lamar Jackson was drafted. Robert Griffin III, the third stringer, was his mentor because Joe Flacco just wasn't interested. In 2019, he signed with the Denver Broncos and said in his opening press conference that he didn't think it was his job to mentor Drew Locke. And last year, as the backup quarterback for Sam Darnold and the Jets, he mentored Sam Darnold so well that the Jets were shopping Darnold this season because they think he's just broken as a quarterback. He's so broken. Great job <laughs> mentoring him, Joe Flacco. You've ruined Sam Darnold. And no, it's not Joe Flacco's job to be a mentor if he doesn't want to be, but then don't sign him to be a mentor. Don't like, if, he, if he doesn't want to do it, then don't sign him to do it. And lastly, I'm going to circle back and finish up with the local boy point because this is a big point I can tell you. Like, again, it was a, a very popular thing on Philly Sports Talk Radio. Among, it was every headline. Local boy Joe Flacco comes back to, to play for his hometown team. First of all, he said in his first press conference that playing for the Eagles, like playing for his hometown team meant nothing to him. Like it was not a re the reason why he signed for the Eagles. Like it was not like, a, oh, I'm going to be local boy does good. Secondly, is knowing what time to avoid the Ben Franklin Bridge going to help Joe Flacco throw a touchdown better? <laughs> like, is, 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 is he going to bond with, J with Jalen Hurts because he can tell him, like, the best Wawa order? Like, it doesn't mean anything. Like, yeah, if he was a good player, maybe it would be more interesting. If it was... But, but look, the most... The most well-respected and the most Philly-based guys, the guys who resonate the most with the city of Philadelphia as far as athletes, you know who the number one most popular athlete, I guarantee you, is in the city of Philadelphia right now as far as current athletes? Joel Embiid, who was born uh, in Cameroon, <laughs> not even in the United <laughs> States. It doesn't Weird. matter if you're around from around here. Trade for cotton, you know, just the local boy angle, people love it around here for some reason, and I don't get it because it leads to you signing Joe goddamn Flacco as your backup quarterback. And you know, you know that this means he winds up starting like four games for us this year. And if, if I have to watch Joe Flacco come in, start a game, and just throw his hands up because he's not getting pass interference calls, I'm going to be sick. The season's going to be bad anyway, and it's not making it any better by having Joe goddamn Flacco on this team. Other Hell than that, yeah. I have no but, thoughts. But Matt. So, so Matt's in full support of having Flacco on the team. <laughs> yeah. I am not wacko for Flacco, Tim. <laughs> but but I know someone whose brother went to school with Joe Flacco. Yeah, you like, know what? If you want a local guy, bring – he's got a brother, Tom Flacco, I think is his name. And he actually stuck around here and played for Towson and Rowan. You want a local boy, just sign him. He actually was committed to the state of New Jersey <laughs> as opposed to Joe who abandoned us for the University of Delaware, you fraud. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh... Right. Perfectly valid, valid point. I, mm -hmm. I just thought it was cool that – a local boy was signed back of quarterback. I know, and I, I'm here to tell you that you're wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, listen, and here's the thing. Like, if he's a good player, like the, the Sixers were rumored this week to have traded, uh, to be in the running for Kyle Lowry, who grew up in Philly, went to Villanova, uh, very local guy, and he's still a good player. Like, I would have been fine with that. Not because he's from Philly, but because, like, okay, it's he's a good player, and it's cool that he's from Philly. Like, it's not... You know, clouding my vision either way. But the the Joe Flacco local boy thing, like I don't know, is <laughs> great. Autobahn, uh, Autobahn's finest. Um, 
Rich, if people want to find more of your takes on Joe Flacco, boy, I can't believe you talked for seven and a half minutes on Joe Flacco, Rich. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter? At B underscore Walnuts. How about you, Tim? At Tim R. Hanson. And you, Sean? At Hey, it's SOB. And you can follow me on Twitter at MKASNEL. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. The podcast is on Twitter at Brose underscore podcast. It's on Facebook at Brose podcast, and it's on Instagram at Brose underscore podcast. You can listen to our program anywhere where fine podcasts are bought and sold, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and tune in. If you have a question you want us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. It's brosequestions at gmail.com. Special thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions. Shannon Vogel, who designed our world-famous logo. Uh, you can find Shannon's work at Shannon Vogel Photography on Facebook and on Etsy.com. And our theme music is When by Stephen Siebert. You can listen to his work at the Free Music Archive. It's plugs time, ladies and gentlemen. Rich, what's going on with your other show? Uh, check out PodQuest, Nerdy Roundtable, where we talk about that week's nerd news and junk. This week, I will be talking about Monster Hunter Rise, uh, the new Avengers um, Hawkeye, Hawkeye update, and uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, as well as potentially, if I get enough time to watch it during work before we record, Godzilla vs. King Kong. Glad you decided to change it up and watch some Godzilla movies for this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, for there's one. so many, but I'm almost done them. Uh, Sean, where do you throw frisbees? I throw frisbees at OB Disc Golf everywhere. <laughs> just fucking everywhere. Such as isn't, YouTube, isn't it, for example. Isn't it uh, yeah, OB underscore Twitter. Disc Golf? On OB Instagram. underscore Disc Golf on Instagram. I'll fight whoever. I'll, I'm going to eventually f- work up the will to fight the people who is just OB Disc Golf on Instagram and ask them to give me their handle it's probably like some oh poor, my like, god it'll be a great event to sponsor be like uh yeah. some outer banks community uh frisbee <laughs> golf team it's like for the like the, the duck the duck dynasty um <laughs> of frisbee golf uh and tim let's talk a little bit about the person in person podcast because they're a quality program and they're not us which is strange uh there's not a lot of quality programs that aren't us but uh tell us about person to person that the, those are some factuous facts there matt and uh <laughs> i i'm on board with all of them uh, Greg and Gene over at Person in Person are a new show for people who hate new shows by people who hate new shows. Their humor is on point. If you like Sean's jokes and not me or Richie's jokes, then you're going to love them. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> Yikes. So, sorry, just hyping up Sean. Jeez. And his humor. Uh, they have great humor. They're in the. They're just starting off their second season. And trying to nail down a new release schedule, so they're they're a little inconsistent, but they're still there. And uh, if you want to be a Tim, which is what they have now named their their fans and their listeners after myself, if you also want to be a Tim, <laughs> send them some emails and interact with them. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, that, that's it. That's I don't. I, got. Talk, I forget if we talked about it on the air or not, but like my wife's conspiracy theory is that Greg and Gene are one person. <laughs> they're not. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to stop her from from no. telling it to me every time we bring it up. I I, I <laughs> finally he got... is like you and Greg is like me. <laughs> so it's like saying we're the same person. How do you know how tall it. each one of them is, Tim? Uh, you, you can hear it. You can hear it in their voice. <laughs> and all the stupid, I... the stupider crap comes from Greg, and that's very much me. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I uh, oh, I I finally got around to listening to them, and I heard their haiku for this week and the first thing i did was tim how do they know about your country strength i texted <laughs> it to him 
Yeah, Greg writes one about uh, I get so swole that I can't fit in the building, and I loved it. it was <laughs> <amazing>. <laughs> Great guys, uh, Greg and Gene. So listen to the Person in Person podcast everywhere where fine podcasts are bought and sold. All right, guys, say goodbye to the listeners. Bye. Bye. For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweeten, Sean O'Brien, and the entire Action Moves team. Moves. My name is Matt Casnell, reminding you all to be smart about being stupid. Okay.